Am I getting feedback from somewhere, Si? Yeah, okay, Simon. Simon's got it all under control. That's good. And uh, hello to anyone on, on Zoom. Now, I need some help. I need someone who's good at maths and figures. I would ask Barry, our accountant, but he's not well. Can there's a bit of sympathy for him? Oh, I know. Um, so, who's good at calculating some really simple percentages? I want to work out what percentage of the week we are in church for. So, we've got any teachers here, because teachers are good at maths, aren't they? And percentages. Um, now, we've got half our teachers away this week, actually. Are they on holiday? They're, they're usually on holiday, these teachers, aren't they? I know, but we've got a head teacher over there, Llewellyn. Have you got two seconds to pop up? Yeah, come up a second. How is term going? I know it's tough being a teacher working those nine to three hours every day during term time. So, I've got, we can, we've got, we're going to do a little sum here. So I'm helping you out here. So we've got to do a little bit of working out first. Have a pen. So first question for us all. Um, how many hours are we at church for each week? Well, I reckon the service lasts about an hour, hour and a quarter, depending on what God, God's doing that day. And let's say that you turn up for coffee before the service. Do you know we, we, we don't start at 11, we start at half 10 for coffee. Um, and the coffee's good, so are the biscuits, and even meeting each other is great. So um, let's add in 30 minutes. So what's that? Uh, ooh, about um, hour and 45, is that? Yeah. And maybe you stand around after the service chatting for a little while. So in total, let's go for two hours. So church hours, I reckon, up here, let's stick in two hours. Oh, he's, he's good. He's good here, is he? Okay, now, how many hours are there in a week? Whoa! That's why Paul is our administrator. But tell you what, to be fair, we are asleep for some of those, aren't we? So how many hours do we, do we sleep a night, roughly? Twelve? Always <laughs> retired people. Kid, anyone with kids will say about five. Let's go for eight. So eight hours a day, seven days a week, what does that come to? Fifty-six, yeah, yeah. So if we take 168, take away 56, we get... Very good. So total hours there, 112. So, do we know how to calculate a percentage? Go away, look at this. It's not. I see. I would have. I would have done. Oh, there is a calculator to help you. I forgot, forgot to mention that. So, let's see, let's see whether I got my sums right or not here. Ooh, I would have done. I would have done two divided by 112. 
and then times a hundred. So the calculator isn't even working. It's dead. 1.7. 1.7, thank you. I think that's probably the total. Yeah, 1.78. So I'll make it. Thank you, Llewellyn. So I think our kids are in the safe hands with this head teacher. So, so what was that nonsense about? Well, just hold on to that figure for a moment. We'll come back to it. Now, we're in a little series called My Church, as we've already mentioned, where we're looking at different aspects of what it means to be a church and how we fit into it. And it's part of our theme of 2023, which is Hill Climbing for Beginners. Thank you. Yes. And today we're looking at the subject of not just Sundays. So last week Barry talked about how special church is. Well, today it might sound a little bit like I'm contradicting him, but I'm not really. Um, but yes, we come together regularly to worship and to build each other up. Um, but actually being a Christian and being part of a church is not just about Sundays. Let's think about Jesus for a minute. Actually, I suggest you do that a bit more than a minute, but uh, you know, as a turn of phrase, uh, now I always forget to turn this thing on. There we are. We know that Jesus is in four Gospels. He lived... Is that going to go? I don't think it's on, actually. I'm not even sure that his batteries are on. The battery's dead. No, I just hadn't turned it on properly. It's always me. Right, so he's in four Gospels. He lived till he was 33, and he was actively ministering for about three years, as far as we can tell. But any ideas? How many actual incidents that Jesus was part of are there in the Gospels? How many parallels, how, uh, parallels, parables, how many healings, how many meetings with people? It's not a trick question. The answer may not actually be that interesting either. But go on, shout out. How many, how many incidents do you think there are in the, in the Gospels? 40 miracles, okay. Any advice on 40? Just how? 300. 300. Any advances? Less, more? More? Higher. Well, according to Google, so it must be right, the 229. So you're not far, Mark, actually. Um, and you, we can probably think of a few. Do you want to call out some? Come on, let's. Some of the incidents that Jesus did. Water into wine. Go on, it. Raising Lazarus. Healing the blind. Yep. Feeding the 5,000. Very good. Very good. So there are a lot. Um, But the question I ask today is, how many of those incidents happened inside a synagogue? Can you remember any? Now, yes, there are some. 
And there are some very significant ones because Jesus did attend synagogues and of course the temple. And the Jewish synagogue is, is kind of similar to us attending the church these days. Um, so let's have a think. There was Jesus reading from Isaiah one day in their service. There was a man healed of a shriveled hand in, in the synagogue. There was a man healed of an evil spirit in the synagogue. But when you compare, and there might be a few others that I've missed, but when you compare the number of things Jesus did outside the synagogue, it's very few things that happened in the synagogue. And I'm not putting down what he did there, because he did attend and he did worship. But Jesus clearly didn't just live his witness on a Saturday morning within the building. He lived his example everywhere he was, everywhere he went, and with whoever he met, day and night. Because we've got stories of him in boats, walking by the sea, walking on the sea, in city streets, on hillsides, in homes, in the desert, by rivers, talking to Jewish Pharisees, talking to Roman soldiers, talking to foreign women, talking to posh people, very unposh people, you name it. He ministered to them or by it. He was genuine. He was the same all the time, whether or not he was in church. Are we? Are we? Sometimes we're a little bit different while we're in church, aren't we? When you came here, did you put, put on your church clothes? Did you also put on a church mask? Do you put on a smile? Do you pretend you didn't have that family argument in the car on the way here? Do you, do you use different language here? Do you give people a bit more kind of grace and patience while you're here? Do you just say that you're fine when people ask how you are? Just a thought. So, out of 1.78%, you know, we'll let you off the hours you're asleep, but it's still not much of our time that we actually spend in this building, is it? So if you only act like a Christian for 1.78% of the week, that's an awful lot of time that you're not. So how does the church you compare to the you the rest of the week? Would your next-door neighbours or your work colleagues, or your family, say that you are different inside or outside church. Now today, Lucretia is uh, taking the 9 to 12 kids group out there, um, and because uh, I'm, I'm here so I can't be there. And last week she had to pop round our house so that I could talk her through all the material that we use. It was dinner time, I'd just finished work, I was just about to eat my dinner, Vicky was about to go out to choir. The dog needed walking. Daniel was about to have a piano lesson online. I was hungry and grumpy. And let's just say that Lucretia saw the real Hundleys, not the Sunday best Hundleys. But I hope I don't put on an act when I'm here at Harefield, because we need to be honest and genuine with each other, don't we? And you know, we represent Harefield Church, and therefore... More importantly, we represent Jesus the whole week, wherever we are, whoever we're dealing with. You guys don't go to church. 
You are the church. It says this in Corinthians. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And as the church, you are Jesus' body in this world. When he was on earth, he had a human body. He could only be in one place at one time. When he returned to heaven, he gave the Holy Spirit to all his followers, that's you guys, so that we can all do his work everywhere and to show his love. A bit like this. It says in Matthew, you will know this passage, you are the salt of the earth. If salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. That's you guys. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, you guys, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and then glorify your Father in heaven. So for instance, you may think your job isn't connected to the church, but what you represent in your workplace, the way you treat people, the way you deal with problems, the things you talk about is probably more influential than what you do here on a Sunday morning. When you gave your life to Jesus, remember you didn't just give him two hours on a Sunday morning, you gave him your whole life. Jesus didn't give us two hours a week, thankfully. He literally gave up his whole life for you and for me. So we do really owe him the same back. As Christians, once we're saved, what do you think our aims are in life? What is our purpose? Now, you could debate this all day long, but I see two main things. Firstly, our aim is to worship God in a broad, broadest sense, and also to do God's will. And that includes showing God's love to others. If you struggle to see a connection between Sunday mornings and the rest of your, your life, then try seeing everything through the lens of these two things. When you're working at Asda, sweeping the floor, ask yourself, am I doing this as worship to God? Am I doing it because I believe God wants me to as part of his will? When you're chatting with your friends online, think, is what I'm saying worship to God? Is it part of his will? When you're making the packed lunches for your kids, yet again, again, is that, am I doing this as worship to God? Is it part of his will? Bit of a long passage here, but in Ephesians, it says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are, are improper for God's holy people. 
nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, um, I can't read that word over there, impure or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God and of Christ. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, don't be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it said, wake up, sleep, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every, every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving, giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, our whole life needs to be lived as if we are doing it as worship to God. And everything we do needs to be a part of God's will for us. And we need to be that salt and light, don't we, out there? in a world that is, is dying. Now, we often talk about people having a work-life balance. You heard that phrase? You know, so we're not working all hours of the day. So once you finish with your work hours, you can then do what you want for the rest of the week. Some of us have that in check. Some of us struggle. Well, I don't like to break it to you a lot, but there is no such thing as a church life balance. You are Harefield, therefore you are Jesus the whole week, 24-7, 365 days a year. Now don't think that that means you have to be out on the streets evangelising every minute of the day, because God's will is also that you have some downtime, some relaxation, some time to recharge. Even Jesus did that. And for you parents out there, raising your family the right way is also part of his will. You might not feel an obvious link between your daily tasks and doing God's will, but you may be surprised that you are a link in the chain to something big. Do you remember last week, Phil over there brought us a message, didn't he? His team goes into schools to run assemblies and they don't know what seeds they are sowing in the kids who hear them. And one of the, the children who had seen their assembly years ago, Caleb, he's out the back now, is now leading and joining in worship sessions here. So the MRCT volunteers who helped with that school assembly years ago, they didn't make a worship leader that day, but if they hadn't done their bit... Caleb may not be up here today. And it's the same with us. 
that little, little conversation that we have with someone here or the way we treat someone there, it may not be their conversion moment, but it could be a link on the chain to it. So no, church is not just for Sundays. In fact, church isn't necessarily even for Sundays. Who ever thought that? So Sundays aren't actually a good day for some of us here. If you've got a normal Monday to Friday job, you can get Sundays off, it's not a problem. But increasingly these days, people don't have that as an option. Working weekends is a standard shift pattern in many jobs. As you know, we've got a hospital in Harlow and, um, and uh, quite a few people in this church are linked to, to care work in, in one way or another, either the hospital or, or other, other means. And um, carers can't necessarily just get Sundays off because people still get ill at the weekend, inconveniently. So in our leadership meetings, me, Dave, John and Barry, every now and then, we do ask ourselves, is Sunday even the right day to meet? Can you imagine not ha- meeting here on a Sunday morning, but meeting on a different day instead, or at a different time? Now, so far, when we've discussed it, we've always come to the conclusion that Sunday mornings are still best. But, you know, don't just assume these things. But even if we do meet on Sundays for our main gathering, we do want to encourage everyone here to meet during the week too. And we want these buildings used as much as possible because they are a great resource. Uh, You know, this Wednesday, the elders and the deacons had a meeting here in the evening, uh, the rooms out the back, and we got here to find the teens who were in the church worshipping. How great was that? And it does feel good when there's a lot going on here. So currently... Maybury Open Door, use the buildings on Thursdays. We've got some puppeteers, uh, Christian puppeteers who practice here some Wednesday nights. We have deacons and elders meetings every other Wednesday night too. So yep, that's sometimes at the same time as the puppeteers, which can get confusing. Um, We've got another Harlow Church using one of our rooms currently for a course they're running. In the past, we've lent out our baptism pool to other churches when they need it. We've got a monthly prayer meeting on Sunday evenings. One of the life groups meets here Tuesday mornings. The teens are um, sometimes meeting up to watch films and do other teen stuff. We have the men's and ladies' breakfasts. Obviously, the men's is the best one there. And, um, and occasionally, we even have breakfast at the same time as each other. At least once a year, this place is used as a polling station. So people round here who would never come into a church come in here and hopefully realise that it's not scary, it's not old and cold. And the facilities that we put on for the polling staff is a great witness to them. They love coming here. And that's just what happens in this building. Some of you meet up socially during the week and we also have a life group that uh, runs via Zoom. Now that's not enough. We want more people to join a life group. We'd like life groups running in houses all around Harlow. We would like this place to be busy every day. We don't hire this place out. That's not what I mean. 
but we would like church-related activities to be happening here all the time. We want this building to be fully used as a tool for showing God's love to the people around here. In the leadership, we've also had some ideas, uh, or we're starting to have ideas about meetings we could put on on a Thursday night. Maybe worship, but maybe some more practical, workshoppy type kind of sessions. A bit like the sessions that, uh, that Paula organised last year, where we, where we talked about money-saving ideas. And we certainly want to run more Alpha courses and marriage courses, like uh, the ones Dave and Sharon ran last year. Why don't we then? Well, ultimately, we don't have the time. There were four of us elders, myself, John, Barry and Dave. Uh, only one of us is paid to work full-time here. The rest of us have commitments as well. But who says that we're the ones who have ideas and make things happen? What we want to see, and we are seeing more of it, is people in Harefield who know that they have a ministry for something, who feel that they've got an idea from God, they take ownership of it and they run with it. Not people who just agree to go on a rota every now and then, but people who want to organise the rota. Now, obviously, check it out with others first. But, you know, if God sparks an idea in your head, don't just wait for one of us to do it. Come to us and we'll most likely say, go for it. Don't be scared you've heard it wrong from God. Take a step out in faith and go for it. Because God can work through you just as much as he can work through the leaders of this church and he often does so as I'm coming to an end now have a think what is your ministry here what do you feel called to do is it something in Harefield or actually is your ministry something outside either way do it with a passion as if you are doing it for God and if you're toying with an idea for Harefield, then come talk to us. Also, if you're not part of anything outside of a Sunday morning, consider joining up for a life group or come talk to someone who's part of one and see the benefits of that. Also, if you also arrive at 11 o'clock on a Sunday, try coming along earlier so that you can get to know us a bit better over coffee. And whatever you do, be the fragrance of God wherever you go, whatever the day of the week. Shall we pray together? Father, we thank you that Jesus gave us his whole life, not just a couple of hours, so that we could come to you and have a relationship with you. We're sorry for when we think of our time at church as being different to the rest of the week. Sorry for the times we act differently. Help us to feel part of your church all the time and give us ideas of you what you want us to be doing outside of a Sunday morning and show us how to be that, that amazing fragrance of God to everyone we meet. Amen.